0: Without you, nothing is being created. Nothing is happening. So if you're not taking care of yourself, then then nothing is going to happen. It's going to be a very unsustainable way of creating. It's going to make things stressful, frustrating, overwhelming, and you're going to burn out. And you're not going to enjoy, if you do finish creating something, in that hostile state you're not going to enjoy the results by the end of it you're not even going to be able to celebrate because you're just going to be
1: sprawled out wishing that you could just take 10 years off what happens in between is all about the awkward middle phase of entrepreneurship you know after you've taken your first steps but before you can live off your passion join me athena as i learn from other emerging creators about the tactical and emotional methods they use to keep moving forward after the initial excitement of following your dreams meets the reality of following your dreams. Let's get into it. Today with me, I have Talise Burton, who is an author and creativity coach. Hi!
0: Hi, thank you so much for having me.
1: So can you give a little bit of background on you and your work?
0: Yes, so... Um, as you mentioned, I am a creativity coach, and I know there are a lot of listeners out there who probably don't know what that is. So basically what I do is I, I teach or uh, I coach creatives and artists on how to make their art, how to reconnect with their creativity and really achieve their, their creative goals or their dream creative lifestyle.
1: That's really cool. How, how does one come up with that? <laughs>
0: yeah, so it's, it's definitely not something that I thought I would be doing, and I feel like most people... I did not know that creativity coaching was even a, a thing when I first came across it. but um, just to give to to give background on how this all came about, I went into a creative writing degree program at university. I always had my heart set on becoming an author. That was my dream career. I was becoming a a fiction writer and author, and so I, I took the quote-unquote risky decision to pursue my creative ambitions and and study creative writing at university. And my my goal entering university was to to write and publish my first fiction novel. I thought, you know, three and a half years, four years to to write and publish a novel. That's definitely enough time to do that in, you know. So. I, I had really high ambitions going into university, and as I started studying under these, these published authors, these award-winning authors, and, and working with a lot of my, my peers, I, I actually ended up becoming more and more creatively blocked. I, I was having more and more difficulty with creating my art, and even just working on basic assignments became really, really difficult and stressful for me. And I actually graduated from university more creatively blocked than, I, than I'd ever really been in my, in my entire life. I, I was more burnt out and I hadn't touched the novel that I planned on, on writing and publishing in the three and a half years that I'd been in university. And that was a huge shock to my system because upon graduation, you know, I was extremely burnt out I had done all this work. I'd worked with all these professionals and I thought, well, what the heck went wrong here? Why is it that I'm in a worse place now than I was three and a half years ago when I started? So I went back, I moved back home in debt, completely dejected, burnt out like nothing else and with no idea of how to move forward with my creative ambitions because my, my goal was to become that that author. And I did not have the the novel that I'd planned to have at the time, which was gonna be like the launching point in my mind for my career. So I went back home, I started applying to these jobs that I knew were unfulfilling and unsatisfying, that I knew weren't what I wanted to do, because I felt like I had no other option. But I kept coming back to this question of why is it that things went so wrong? You know, I really started reflecting on what happened with my creativity. Why is it that I no longer feel inspired or motivated to create? Why is it that it's so frustrating to create? You know, what happened that made me so blocked and so burnt out? After really ruminating on it for a while, I realized that uh, the last thing on earth I wanted to do was to waste all that I put into my degree, right? I I put thousands of dollars, three and a half years of, of my time and my effort into this goal of living this creative life for myself, right? And I was not about to let that all go to waste. I was not about to Go into an unsatisfying, unfulfilling job and just do that for the rest of my life. That's not what I went to school for, and that's not what I was planning to do. So, I made another quote-unquote risky decision and took the first year of post-graduation off to focus on my health and wellness, of course, because I was severely burnt out, as well as recovering my creativity and and I really started looking into a lot of entrepreneurial routes more seriously. So that first year post-graduation, I dove into research, everything on creativity, creative recovery, creative play, personal development, mindset work, all all of that stuff, right? And I I started learning all these things, practicing and implementing all these things I was learning. And in November of that year, I sat down and in 30 days, I wrote 20,000 words of the first draft of a book that I hadn't touched in my three and a half years at university.
1: Yeah.
0: And I sat back after, I sat back like December of that year in awe of how I managed to do something in less than a year that I couldn't do in three and a half years with, with these professional like, writers teaching me at the time. And I realized some of the fundamental things that were missing from my creative degree, from my creative education, that were pivotal to me being able to actually create my art. So beginning of 2020, I started working with other creatives and artists. I decided, all right, there's something here. There's something here that was pivotal to helping me. And I know that it will be pivotal in helping other creators and artists who dealt with the same problems that I have, because so many of my peers were complaining about the same things that I was when I was in my degree. So I started working with creators and artists at the start of 2020, and the results that I was having with those artists were were incredible, just beyond anything I could have ever imagined. I mean, there are people who were getting back into creating art after years of creative abuse and rejection and criticism. There are people who were Um, starting and finishing drafts of their creative projects that like had them completely daunted and overwhelmed before people who like regained their inspiration to create people who started consistently creating for the first time in their life, you know, that were actually motivated and disciplined with their creating all these, all these different things were happening from my coaching. And I realized I have something here. I really have something here. This is something that needs to be shared. This is something that should have been in my creative degree. I don't know why everybody is now talking about this. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's when I decided to become a creativity coach. That's how everything came about.
1: Yeah, that's an incredible story. What is creative abuse? Or uh, Like, what does that look like?
0: Yes, yeah, so... Really what I'm talking about there is, there, there are a few different ways that this can really show up, but a lot of times it's emotional abuse that someone is experiencing from, from another individual, right? An emotionally abusive person who's specifically focusing on their creativity and art, you know? So they're saying abusive things to that person, to that creative about the their art, about the way that they express themselves about how they are an artist, you know, saying things like, oh, you're, you're not an artist, you're crack, you suck, like... You know, like really toxic, abusive statements like that. That's what that creative abuse is.
1: Okay, yeah, that makes sense. I just became curious. I've never heard the, those two words put together like that.
0: Yeah, and of course, there's there's other examples as well of like more, more active forms of, of people taking advantage of creatives and really like uh, abusing those systems, you know, like scamming them in different ways or things of that nature as well. So there's that aspect to it as well.
1: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Okay. I have a couple of questions. <laughs> are you now doing creativity coaching full-time? Or are you sort of supplementing your income with maybe freelance or a full-time job or something like this?
0: Yeah. So right now I am focused on doing creativity coaching full-time. It's, again, one of the quote-unquote riskier decisions I've made. I'm a very non-traditional person, I'm aware. And it's not something currently that's extremely sustainable. I am still, like, I, I do want to be upfront uh, with that. This is something that I started at the beginning of this year. You know, it takes a while to build a business like this. And I do have support from a lot of family and friends to, to help me in this. So it's not something that I can currently like fully live off of with like all of my expenses and such like I do have some help and support in that aspect which I'm extremely grateful and thankful for. But I, I do focus on this full- time because that's that's the direction that I want to go in. And I do have like other extenuating circumstances within my life that I, I have an illness that I work with as well. And so working a a job plus doing a business, creating a business is way too much on my plate for my health and wellness. So that's why I made that decision to really focus on, on the business aspect and, and kind of let go of supplementing in other ways. But I know that everyone is different on their own journey. and There's nothing wrong with supplementing with your own jobs on the side until you can get to the point to where you're doing it full time.
1: mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there's a lot, there can be this issue with the marketing of creative entrepreneurship that is very all in or zero or, you know what I mean? And yes, I've just been really like looking through things as I've been planning my own marketing type things. And it's like, wow, many of the people who are making money now by telling you how to run your side hustle for instance. That's not how they started making money, but that's not something that anyone's talking about right now because right now what's sexy is helping other people with their side hustles. But as I have found out, several people with side hustles that I've tried to help perhaps don't have the money that I <laughs> you know to pay me for my services. Cuz you don't sell yes. to you don't sell to side hustlers, you sell to other people I mean, of course you can sell to side hustlers, but it's like, okay, looking at how many people who are side hustlers who can't afford to pay me are, they're like trade analysts or work in finance. Do you know what I mean? So they're making a lot of money. Yeah.
0: That's a really big thing, especially within like the, the creative field, I guess, um, with artists and creatives. I do feel like there's, there's this idea that you're either all in or you're out that's it. You know, like you're either going all in and you could potentially be like a quote unquote starving artist, but you decided to make the risky decision to go for it. Or you're someone who's like, yeah, creativity was great when I was in high school, but it's over now. I really want to, to dismantle that right now because I work with people who, who are in all different types of lifestyles. You know, I, I'm really focused on helping you to build that dream creative lifestyle that's for you you know, whether that's you working your own full-time job at a company, but also working on your art on the side, whether that's you having like a little side hustle, creative side hustle while you have a job, whether that's you going full-time with your creative passions and selling your art, you know, whatever the case may be for you, you can have so many different ways of sh- of having creativity and art show up in your life. You know, you don't have to be all in on it or all out that is so much pressure and that's i think what stops a lot of people from going into creativity and art because they're like well if i go all in and i don't make it then that's really bad and it's like you don't have to just like no holds bar go all in and potentially lose it all it's not gambling like (laughs) you know. so it's really about what's doing what's doing that's best for you and and best for, for your lifestyle. And so um, I, I really, I really resonate with what you're saying because for the longest time I definitely felt like it was either I became a published author or I worked that unfulfilling job and like that was it. Like there was no other way. Mm-hmm. And and now I'm creating this business that allows me to, to have still a creative, a creative like entrepreneurial endeavor but also allows me to continue working on my art because I'm still writing. I'm still going to become a published author. That's still a goal of mine, you know? So it's, it's acknowledging that there are definitely different ways to go, to go about what you want to do, for sure.
1: Definitely. So as you mentioned, the beginning of 2020 is when you started your business. So I want to know... Great time. <laughs> Perfect timing. Oh, yeah. I want to know, what is your, what season are you in? You know, what is 2021 looking like for your business and the growth you're trying to
0: achieve? Yeah, so... 2020 was a very interesting time to start a business. <laughs> it was a very interesting time to start anything, frankly. So that was a that was a big time of hustle for me. I was doing I was doing a lot to try and get this thing off the ground and and start selling and make my my first sales, you know, and, and really begin my coaching and everything. Right. And now that I, I've gained a lot of experience I've worked with a lot of artists and creatives I, this year is really focused on on slowing out slowing down and being very intentional about what offers I'm putting out there um, and and what content I'm putting out there and who I'm working with so it's it's a lot of building the foundations in a in a sustainable way because it's very easy to get into that state of of hustling to the point of burnout because you're doing ten thousand things and working ridiculous hours, and um, that just doesn't that just doesn't work. It, it it helps you it 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 might help you to get some things done, but in the long term, it it destroys your productivity. It destroys your motivation. It destroys your your love and enjoyment and passion for what you're doing. So I'm really focused right now on on building the offers, building the the coaching services that I know creatives and artists need and want right now. And I, I'm really focused on on slowing down and and working with the the dream artists and, and and creatives that I know will will take what I am coaching and and really implement it and and change the way that they that they work with their creativity and their
1: art. That's that's
0: my goal for this year.
1: There is a lot to be said for, I think sprints are worthwhile, right? Sprints are certainly worthwhile. Yes. But they only sprint maximum, what, 150, 200 meters? Mm-hmm. Yes. So, yeah, I completely agree with you that there's too much of this hustle and die (laughs) kind of rhetoric, because you just have to do it. We're just so focused on immediacy. And I myself am very much subscribing also to this problem where I just want it now. I simply, I, you know, I thought of the idea, where's the money? (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. But yeah, I do think it always is good to be reminded that it's just going to take a long time. And building something worthwhile will require intentional, as you said, building.
0: Yes, yes. That's that's a huge thing for me because I also am someone who very much subscribes to that. I, I fall really hard into that hustle mindset if I'm not careful. That that's something that I have really been unlearning. Like I said, I, I burnt out very hard at the end of my university because I hustled, I did so many so many things throughout my university experience. And I just thought I always had to be on, always had to be doing more. And even this year with, or this past year now with building the business, you know, I fell into that quite a few times where, where I I would just work the longer hours. I'd say, oh man, I said, I'd work, I'd end the workday here, but but I could really just – I really could just do this one extra thing, you know? And, and, it's, and it's really about getting intentional and setting those, those boundaries and reminding yourself that nothing is going to be built if you are not taking care of yourself first. Like, you are – this is something that I coach and say all the time. You are the, you are the creator, right? You're the person who's building the business. You're the person who's creating the podcast, creating the product, creating whatever, right? Without you, nothing is being created. Nothing is happening. So if you're not taking care of yourself, then, then nothing is going to happen. It's going to be a very unsustainable way of creating. It's going to make things stressful, frustrating, overwhelming, and you're going to burn out. And you're not going to enjoy, if you do finish creating something in that hostile state, you're not going to enjoy the results by the end of it. You're not even going to be able to celebrate because you're just going to be sprawled out wishing that you could just take 10 years off, right? And mm-hmm. it's so important to remind yourself, you know, in the entrepreneurial journey and also in your creative practice that like you are what's most important. Without you, nothing is happening. So taking care of yourself and, and making sure that you're setting those boundaries, those work boundaries, taking the time off you need, taking the self-care, et cetera, that, that stuff is essential to you, to you building anything that, that you want, to you running a business, to you making, creating what you want
1: to create. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, something that I picked up on is saying, oh, I'm going to end the workday here. This I'm fascinated by, the scheduling, like when you have the ability to really make your own schedule, how do you know when, when to stop in a given day? You know, because yeah. what if it, truly, because this happens to me all the time, where I'm like, okay, if I gave this 20 more minutes, 20 more, I <laughs> could have it finished, yes. and then, you know, three hours passes.
0: <laughs> yes, yes. That was okay. So this was a big thing that I started to fall into a lot last year, and um, so I I started to begin like a new process with it, and I'm still I'm still implementing it. So I'm sure there'll be kinks that I'll have to work out. But I'm gonna say two things about this. So first off, I I think it's really important, like extremely important, that you look at the mindset when it comes to this, right? Because no matter what strategy you try to implement, no matter what habit you try to make with ending the workday at a certain time, right? It's not going to work if you don't deal with the mindset issues that you have with that. What, there's like a limiting belief, a block behind that, that is causing you to continue to work, right? So you have to look at why. why is it that I know that I want to end the workday here, but I feel like I have to keep working or I should keep working. Why is that showing up for me? You know? And, and what, what is it that's causing me to continue to, to back out on something I told myself I would do, you know, like, what is it that's causing me to, to back out on building this boundary for myself, this boundary that I know is healthy for me, you know? Because you want to you wanna figure out what that block is, that, that mindset issue, and begin to rewrite that, you know? So I'll give, I'll give myself as an example with this, right, to really, to really make this more tangible. So for me, the big reason that I was doing that is because I felt like if I didn't continue to do more, if I didn't finish the thing today, right, then I wouldn't be making enough progress and things wouldn't get done right things just wouldn't get done i'd be taking forever and as a result of that you know i wouldn't get the clients i wouldn't get the opportunities like things would come to me and i wouldn't be prepared to take them so i I'd, I'd cause myself to fail and when i when i stepped back and i i looked at that and i was like okay i am adding more to my plate because i think if i don't do this today it's going to i'm bit, i'm just going to collapse my entire business and everything's going to fail first off i realized how Catastrophizing that is like how big I'm making something so small, right? But also, it allows me to to begin rewriting that and saying like, no, it's okay if you do this tomorrow. You know, like telling my like giving myself a level of compassion and support and encouragement that I might not have been giving myself before. You know, saying like, okay, I know that you're freaked out right now because you feel like this will lead to you failing, but trust me you can do this tomorrow and everything will not fall apart. It's gonna be fine. And and really saying that to myself and beginning to rewire the the limiting beliefs, the the, the negative mindset that I had around it, right? That's what that's what's helping me to end the workday at a certain time. So that's the first thing is working on your
1: mindset. Mindset is can, I, can I have a quick question? Yeah, go, go. Where is there grace in this boundary? Right. So do you have flexibility in the boundary where truly it's like, okay, 4 p.m. I said I'd stop, but really 405. I could like I could just go five more minutes. Where where does that stop being flexibility and start being a slippery slope?
0: Yes. So this is different for everybody. You know, mm-hmm. it depends on it depends on you. If you know that you are the type of person where if you even allow yourself that little bit of extra time, it'll start to become a slippery slope. Like, you know you best, right? Mm-hmm. If you know that that's going to become a slippery slope for you, then you know that you need to set that boundary kind of hard to start with, right? I personally do allow myself maybe like five minutes or whatever. And I, I've gotten to the point to where I... instance, I'll be sharing stories on Instagram or something, right? So I'll be filming myself doing stories. And I've literally gone on my stories and been like, well, it's hit 505. I told myself I'd end the workday at five. So I'm going to sign off here, guys. Like I literally will post that and share that with the people to show them that I'm keeping myself accountable because that's something that's really important. You know, having that accountability in some type of way, whether that's someone telling you like you need to get off mm-hmm. or, or, sh- or, you know, even sharing that with other people saying this is a goal that I have and I'm really trying to stick to it. That can be really helpful. And it's okay to allow yourself some flexibility for sure. Like we have days where maybe we start work late, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe we start work later in the day or something and you want to go for an extra hour because you lost an hour in the morning. Like it's okay to be flexible based off of your, your lifestyle and your needs. But for me starting out, I really try to stick to like a flexibility of maybe like 10 minutes. And beyond that, I cut myself off
1: mm-hmm. um,
0: because you, you really want to be strict with it or else it won't, it probably won't stick.
1: Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. And then the second thing you were going to bring up
0: Yeah, it's about the work boundary. So after you after you deal with that mindset stuff, it's it's about setting the strategy for it, right? So what whatever that that work boundary is for you, whether that's ending work at five or 530 or six, whatever it is, you know, just that's when you build the strategy next, whatever habit or routine or whatever that you want to you want to build and like implement, that's the strategy part of it. So you you fix the mindset stuff, you start working on that, and then you put the strategy on top of it. And it'll help to, it'll help things to stick much better. It'll help you to actually stay disciplined with it.
1: Okay, so I would like to know what resources you learn from?
0: Yes. Okay, so I as I said, I think I mentioned this before, but I'm like an avid, avid reader. I've done tons of research at this point. I love consuming research. Like, that's my, my shtick. Mm-hmm. So on the, on the creativity realm, like the creativity and art aspect, I really recommend The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron. That's one of my all-time favorite books that transformed my relationship with my creativity and art as well as the Icarus Deception by Seth Godin. Those are two fantastic resources for creatives and artists. On the more business realm, but still pertaining to creatives and artists, again, like it's more personal development. I really recommend, I love You Are a Badass by Jen Jen Sincero. That's huge on mindset stuff. I love mindset work. And let me see if there's another one off the top of my head that I... And also, You Are a Badass at Making Money by Jen Sincero. I, I really lo- oh gosh, her books are so freaking good. So yeah, those are, those are some of the resources that I would give out.
1: Uh-huh. Always books, because that's, Always. that's what I love. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm right there with you. Okay, cacao. Now it's time for the seedling round where small questions lead to tasty answers. How do you measure time?
0: Oh, what do you mean by this? How do I measure time?
1: Yeah, it's brought on purpose.
0: Yeah. This is really, really broad. How do I measure time? So I don't really know. This is such an interesting question. I've never been asked this before. I guess I would say, ooh, maybe like by the present moment. I don't know if this sounds completely bizarre, but I really like to take things moment by moment. I like to be as present as possible. And I think the best way to go about measuring your time is to really just enjoy like each moment as it's happening. Because a lot of times, especially for me, I I used to um, get really stuck in either the past or the future, you know, planning things out like months in advance. Mm. I have to figure out all this content. I have to, you know, I have to have my offers ready for the next like six months or something. And really just reminding yourself that the only time that you truly have as cheesy as it might sound is, is now, you know, this is this right here, literally right here is the moment that you have. And that, that's what time is. It's this moment, and then this moment, and then this moment, you know, so, yeah, I feel like that's how I like to measure time by the presence of it.
1: And. So given the 80-20 principle, which is that 20% of your work leads to 80% of your results, what have you found to be your
0: 20%? I mentioned it earlier, but it's, it's mindset work for me, 10,000%. That mindset work is essential to you being able to, to do whatever it is that you want to do. If you're not dealing with the negative beliefs you have towards me, what you're trying to work on, what you're trying to create, etc., then you will self-sabotage. You will not be able to stay consistent. You will not be able to achieve the thing and enjoy it because there are subconscious beliefs and messages in the back of your mind that are making you stressed about it, that are frustrating you about it, that are causing you to be scared or, or worried about it or fearful about it. And if you don't deal with the mindset, you could throw Every single strategy in the world at yourself and none of them will stick. And I feel like that's what shows up a lot of time. People are like, oh man, like I've tried like all these different methods, all these different like productivity techniques, all these different coaches or business mentors, tools and all all this stuff. And none of it has worked. And it's because you haven't dealt with your mindset yet. And yeah. So mindset work for me is the 20% that leads to 80%
1: of my success for sure. So how do you how does one tangibly work on their mindset? I mean, other than getting a coach hiring you, for instance,
0: other than working with a coach. So the mindset work tangibly working on that, that's a huge thing. So what I really recommend is journaling, it's sitting down. And I don't mean like journaling every morning or whatever, you don't have to do that. I mean, sitting down and asking yourself, Okay, what is it that I want to achieve? You know, what goals or projects or whatever do I want to achieve? Do I want to create? And what am I afraid of when it comes to these things? What am I worrying about when it comes to these things, you know? And really allowing yourself to begin figuring out what those limiting beliefs are for you early on and rewriting those, taking the time to figure out what is it that you say to yourself That's negative like no one's going to like this and how can you rewrite that in a positive way and after you have that rewrite for yourself whatever that may be that positive you know like affirmation or mantra you want to say right you use that in in your life as you begin building that project or creating that thing so whenever you sit down to work on your business for example right um, and you have this this limiting belief showing up that you've already pinpointed because you started to do the mindset work. You sit down, you stop where you are, and you remember your affirmation, the positive, the positive belief that you made. And you sit there and you either say it out loud or write it down to yourself. You know, just really ingrain that in your mind, and then go back to the business after that. Just taking the negative messages that show up. And when they show up saying, hey, I see you, I know what you are, and we're not thinking this anymore, and go to the positive one. And that's how you slowly begin to tangibly rewire the negative beliefs that show up. That's how you do the mindset work.
1: Mm-hmm. Earl Nightingale in that like famous 30-minute thing that he has, I can't remember what it's called, but one of the things he says is anytime you feel doubt, you'll just replace it with this affirmation that he had you right in the first like 15 minutes of his thing. So yeah, that makes perfect sense. What is your relationship to fear?
0: Fear for me, I, I feel can be a very guiding emotion. It's something that, that really shows me what I want a lot of the times when, when I'm a, when I'm afraid of, of trying something new, especially, you know, like creating something different, Showing up for for my coaching in in a new way, creating a new offer, I usually fear feel a sort of a fear around it, and that that really shows me that it's something outside of my comfort zone, just a little outside of my comfort zone, and it's time to to address it and like push for it, whatever it is that I want. So fear is kind of a a guiding principle for me in that way. When it's like I feel the fear, I'm like, okay, I feel you, I see you, and I'm gonna do it anyway. Yeah.
1: Cacao, that ends this seedling round. So, to wrap up, I like to do two things. First, what is your greatest ambition?
0: Okay, I'd say my greatest ambition is to build a sustainable, creative career for myself that allows me to live an easeful life. That's definitely my biggest ambition.
1: Mm -hmm. And what is the question of the week?
0: Oh, so this is a question like that I have of the week. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Is it wrong to say when are things going to get a little bit less crazy? (laughs) I feel like I've been thinking this on end. That is a big question of the week for me. But I guess as a more real answer, what is it that is stopping creatives and artists from, from going after what they want in their lives? That's something that I've been asking myself a lot lately.
1: Mm. And that's something that you intend to have an answer to? Like, is this helpful for you in terms of what you're making your services about?
0: Yes, yes. This is something that that I use to to build my offers, of course, but it's something that I also use to create content, you know, uh-huh. something that I just share about openly whenever I go on podcasts or whenever I'm sharing in stories. I just like to see what is it that's that people are dealing with right now when it comes to their art and creativity and how can I how can I be of service, whether it's through free stuff or through paid services, regardless of of the monetary.
1: Yeah. Awesome. This has been a really lovely conversation. Where can people find you and connect?
0: Yes, so you can find me on Instagram at writer rambles. That's where all of my content will be and de- definitely feel free to, to DM me, send me a message because I love to hear from you and, and and talk about what's going on with with your
1: entrepreneurial endeavors and your art and creativity. It's so funny because this feels obvious to me, but I realize I've never really said it, but the people who are on my show most likely it's because I cold DM'd them. So everyone's really accessible. Like for the listeners, like everyone's yes. super accessible. <laughs> thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me today.
0: Yes, thank you so much for having me. It's been
1: wonderful to talk with you. Hi, hope you enjoyed that interview with Talise Burton. I certainly learned a lot and I would say my biggest takeaway is that maybe if you're feeling stuck where the problem is, is the mindset and not so much the strategy. So if you like the show, please subscribe, rate, and review, and I'll catch you in the next one.